Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and I have Betty McDowell, Vice President of Ministry Services here with me. And this is an episode that I am particularly excited about because of Betty's history with the podcast, I guess, for a lot of other reasons. But um, you'll find that out as you listen in. Let me mention first that our sponsor is Heartbeat International's Option Line, our 24-7 pregnancy helpline uh, through chat, email, text, phone, Pregnancy help is available 24-7, bilingual support. Our team of compassionate consultants are ready to answer the tough questions. So uh, make sure your center is signed up if you're an affiliate for the after hours answering so that none of your calls are missed. Our option line team is ready to cover so that you can take a break during those off hours. Visit optionline.org for more information. So with that, let's jump into this episode, which is about... Betty's letter to herself. Uh, so, Betty, you've been with Heartbeat for a number of years. A long time. How yes. many years has it been? I've been on staff with Heartbeat for about 18 years. I um, served as a consultant doing board training and love approach training for five years prior to that. My very first conference was 30, I think, seven, 38 years ago when I was volunteering at a pregnancy center and I attended what was then the Alternatives to Abortion International Conference, which is long story, but how really getting connected to what is now Heartbeat International. Great. So, and then, uh, you know, fast forward a few years and you've been a voice on this podcast for a long time. Um, many of our, our favorite episodes of mine, at least, um, have you hosting or being interviewed in some way. So our listeners are very familiar with hearing from you. And it's just, it's been great to see, um, you know, what we've done with the podcast and what we've been able to bring to listeners. So one of your ideas was actually the theme of this episode, which is the Dear Younger Me theme, mm -hmm. a way for some of our um, just more seasoned leaders in the movement to get to share some of that wisdom with uh, a broader audience. So you had this idea of um, having me interview a handful of people in the movement throughout the last couple of years, and it's really been cool to hear their stories and, um, you know, just capture some of their wisdom so that we can then share it with others. And we've always known that you know, someday it's going to be your turn to do this as well, because I know that throughout your history with Heartbeat and even before then, you've learned a lot, uh, not just how to serve in the pregnancy health movement, but also just, you know, trusting in God and, and where to move and when to move and when to stay. So this idea that you've been batting around for a while, we kind of just said, you know, now's the time. Let's mm -hmm. have you write something. Mm -hmm. So I asked you to write a letter and then uh, we'll do like we usually do and we'll discuss it. So let me have you start first by reading your full letter. All right. Thanks, Christine. It's really good to be with, here with you. Usually when we're together, it's we're focused on someone else. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of scary and almost feels like a like hopefully it might be therapeutic. I don't know. I'm not sure what the word <laughs> is, but it's different for me. So here's the letter that I wrote uh, to myself. Dear younger me, the road ahead is full of twists and turns, adventure and opportunities. You will experience growth, success, failure, sadness, joy, and in the process, you will make choices, many choices. God made you on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. It is during both the good and the bad times where you will discover and develop the core of who you are and your purpose. You will find that worry and fear will try to hold you back 
And you will learn how to overcome these obstacles by staying under God's authority and walking in the authority given to you during each chapter of your life and leadership. With God's guidance, you will be amazed seeing what seemed impossible become possible. Develop truth-telling relationships and cherish them. These truth-tellers will be a great source of wisdom and support. They will be used as the supply chain of encouragement to help you uncover and deal with your blind spots. Truth-tellers will remind you of what God's Word says about you and your mission. These few special people will be the witnesses to your success. They will celebrate with you as well as be the medicine you need when wounded in battle. Yes, dear one, wounding and healing will happen. Even with these precious truth-telling people in your life, there will be times when you feel alone. But be assured you are not alone. The God of the universe will always be with you and will see you through. In those seemingly lonely moments, stop, rest, remember his faithfulness, his promises, and then move forward. Enjoy the journey and savor the moments. Move when God tells you to move and stay when and where God tells you to stay. There's no need to strive. Just be who you were made to be. Oh, and by the way, those many choices I mentioned earlier, you will make some good ones. Trust me, I know. Sincerely, older me. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Let's unpack this a little bit. So let's start at the top. You're talking about the twists and turns of life, uh, the adventures and opportunities and the choices. So what comes to mind first when you think of those twists or turns or success or failure, all the ups and downs of life? <laughs> and what do you mean when you say choices, many choices? So if I go back and I think about the kind of vision and the plan that I had for my life, um, I was really going to be content. I'm a social worker, so I wanted to keep my license current and always dabble in the area, perhaps of mental health, which is really where my focus had always been. When I had children, uh, my plan was, okay, I'm going to be as available to them as I possibly can. And so I really wasn't looking to be involved in full-time work. Um, I wanted to be the PTA mom. You know, I was volunteering at a pregnancy center. Um, those were my interests, and I thought, that's fine with me. That is where I will stay. That's where I will play. I wasn't looking for leadership. In fact, um, as I discovered, I really am a reluctant leader of sorts. Uh, that really, as much as I'm an extrovert, I really like watching and helping and connecting with people and seeing them succeed. So for me, I was more interested in living kind of a little bit of a quieter life, although being able to laugh a lot and laugh out loud. Um, I feel like at times I fell into uh, leadership, um, but I, I know now that it really was God's plan. Um, and all along the way, different adventures for me, because we, from early on in our married life, uh, we had young girls who stayed with us, some who were in dangerous situations and needed perhaps a place to hide, some who were uh, making decisions, big decisions, about whether or not to make an adoption plan or to be a single mom. So we we had uh, women with us from other states, um, just so many different 
aspects. Um, and now to be involved and move all the way to this place of uh, being in the vice president position of ministry services here at Heartbeat International, in some ways you would think that, you know, caring for women should not be controversial. But as we know through the years and even more recently, it has become quite controversial, quite challenging, and needing to be resourceful and flexible and um, just being involved. And so if you had asked me a long time ago that I would I see myself here in this place or even doing a podcast, I would never have considered those things. So lots of twists and turns and, and saying yes along the way, like, sure, I'll try that. Sure, let's do that. Okay, I'll reluctantly lead that. Um, and that's where it landed me. It's yes to God, I guess. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost funny for me to think of you as a reluctant <laughs> leader because I've been at Heartbeat for about six years now, I think, and you've been in leadership positions, different ones. Your title has only uh -huh. gone up since then. So that doesn't seem like something you would ever shy away from in the least bit. So. That's uh, To me, that's funny to hear you say that because um, when I think of the staff at Heartbeat, uh, you're one of the people that I've said to you, like, you've seen me in one sense at my worst when I'm like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Do I have what it takes? Like, I think I feel like you've seen that on me. So. It's never felt that way, though. I mean, of course, there have been some difficult times, but, you know, you've always seemed very confident to me. So now looking back, it's like, wow, you really actually were scared at different times. But yeah, sure. but you have a strong faith. And so and I could always see that I could always see that, hey, we're going to make it through and whatever happens whatever's going on in the world that's affecting the pregnancy help movement or, you know, whatever's going on, it, it always works out because you know who's, who's in control. Ultimately so. it does. Yes. Yes. So now give an example of worry and fear that tried to hold you back and, and how God made the impossible possible. Yeah. I think, I think every leader um, has choices to make in terms of just being real about who they who they really are. And we question, every leader at times questions, do I have what it takes? And and we find ourselves in these sometimes rather difficult uh, places or decisions. And just kind of a tangible, easy one would actually be the, um, the 2020 conference for Heartbeat International. And I know that every leader out there, um, really anyone who was planning anything that year, whether it was a wedding or whatever, um, they felt the, the stress and the challenge. And we had big plans. And when you do a conference for a large number of people, when you're talking, you know, 1,500 people, there's a lot of planning, a lot of time, a lot of resources, a lot of finances. There's so much that goes into that. And, and I just remember looking and thinking, huh, it, are we really going to be able to have this conference? It was uh, slated to be in Seattle that year. And ultimately, that didn't happen. And in that process of thinking and praying and planning and decision-making, um, it was worry and it was fear about what do you do? What if we end up being able to do it? And no one could, like all those things that go through your head. And ultimately, I mean, God was giving steps, uh, each, each next step. Okay, look at this. Can we turn it to virtual? Can, it, was, it was something that seemed really one of the impossible and yet was possible. In the grand scheme of things, eh, probably not because the grand scheme of things, there are so many bigger things and just the miracle of life itself. Uh, but when it came to conference planning, that was, was kind of a very tangible thing of how do you make your way through into the unknown and bring uh, a whole team 
with you. And depending on their, we have great team members with great skills uh, for them to figure out the challenges ahead as well. So that, that's probably the example that comes to mind. That's uh, a good first example. and foremost. Yeah. Yeah. That was an interesting time. And I was <laughs> I was grateful that I was not part of any decision making and just did what I was told because it was it was a lot of unknowns. So uh good for you for sticking through all of that and dealing with the unknowns and and again, you trust God and you and it was a wonderful conference. It was a great online experience and it it was. We felt and as connected as we possibly could be without being in person. And our whole team uh, worked so hard on that and and really to Jarrell's credit of uh, cheering us on or saying, you know, yep, go, you go for it. Sure. Whatever you want to do, you go for it. So most people don't know he was in a um, like a warehouse when we had him doing keynotes because it looked good from where they were. So we, it was quite the adventure. <laughs> All right. Well, next in your letter, you talk about the truth tellers. And this one always gets me a little bit. I've heard you talk about this many times mm-hmm. over the years. And it's something that I think about from time to time. And I have like a love hate with even the phrase itself, because I, one, hate the thought that somebody, some people, you know, may not be the truth tellers, because some people tell you what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. And they're just trying to be encouraging, whether that's helpful or not. But the real truth tellers are, uh, you know, those who have those hard conversations with you when they need to and those who um, you've built that trust up with over the years. So my question for you is tell us a little more about truth tellers, how you found those relationships. Mm -hmm. And then my other part of that question is how you um, kind of prepare yourself to accept the truth even when it's hard. (laughs) Because it is hard. Um, The whole concept of of having truth tellers really came out of something that we do at Pregnancy Help Institute on the leadership track, uh, something through a group called Built to Lead. I was introduced to that, I think back in maybe 2005 was the first time I really heard about this idea of understanding that everybody has blind spots. And when you're in leadership, especially in leadership, um, you you really want to become aware of those things and deal with those things. No one ever fully arrives so as much as I've been working on this since 2005, I, st- I still have lots and lots of blind spots. I know that. Um, but to have people who can really speak the truth to you about those difficult uh, areas or the, the flaws or the, the things in you that need to be developed, that's really what truth-telling is about. And in this process from Built to Lead, it was like... It's not that every single person has to be what I call a truth teller. Not that everybody's going to deceive you, but who are those people who know you, who love you, uh, who you are willing and able to hear from? Because I hear lots of people say, yeah, yeah, I, I want that. And, uh, and I'll ask, well, who are your truth tellers? And they'll just give me some names, kind of almost make up names. And then the next question is, do those people know? that they are your truth tellers. Those are relationships to be developed. And so I was challenged with that. And uh, the, the kind of the good news is that if you're married, you have a, you, your spouse is a truth teller. They may not be the best at truth telling, but you can help them become better at truth telling, but they are your truth teller. They, they see your flaws. Uh, they, and usually if they're following their <laughs> wedding vows, they love you no matter what, for better or worse. Um, and then really developing those. And so for me, I, I really worked at developing those relationships. And early on, I had even asked a, a, a good friend, and she is still a good friend of mine, to be that truth teller for me. And 
And as the time went on, I realized it was just too painful for her. <laughs> and so I really kind of relieved her of that um, and really developed some other relationships. So I, I have, uh, my husband is a, is a very good truth teller. Uh, he has learned to become a very gracious truth teller, but he won't let me get away with stuff. I mean, he'll he'll call me out on my attitude or or, or to say, you know, that sounded kind of judgmental. Let's let's talk about that. Why why was that? I have a mentor um, who just turned ninety this year, and uh, she holds my feet to the fire. And I have a sister, my biological sister, who I would also say is very much my truth teller and. Uh, we'll have deep conversations. In fact, our husbands joke because we um, we speak to we really speak every weekend, and it's not uncommon to have a three hour conversation. <laughs> and it's a lot of truth telling. It's a it's a lot of catching up. I love her. I I certainly can laugh with these people. I love these people, and they are people who have helped me um, develop not just as a leader but as a as a believer, uh, as a hopefully a godly woman. Um, they have been key, really key uh, in my life, and they have been willing to really have that place in my life. And so the whole idea of truth-telling is very intentional. It's, it's intentional on my part. It's intentional if you're someone who wants that, who wants to grow in leadership. The, the number one way, uh, the number one thing I would say that I have seen in all the years that I've been involved in leadership, uh, pride will take out a leader faster than anything else. And uh, pride is just something that we all deal with. And um, doesn't matter, it really doesn't matter who you are, you could just be prideful at anything. And the, the way to deal with pride, I believe, is to understand it first and to be aware of it means someone who can point it out to you. And so I, my heart grieves at times when I've seen leaders who they fall and it's, um, it's because no one was willing to tell them the truth, and they weren't developing those truth tellers to help them out. And I would say that's in many ways part of the culture, even here at Heartbeat. So uh, Jarrell, as my supervisor and friend, uh, there's, there is this level of, of truth telling that we have for one another, which I, I say that because of just kind of the appropriateness. I'm, I'm a firm believer in your spouse being a truth teller, and uh, if you're a woman, other women if you're a man, to have other men. But there are those levels, like you say, of truth-telling. And so um, he's been gracious to allow me to call him out, and he'll call me out on on things. So that's kind of a check and balance that's in place. And I'd say that's uh, very much part of Heartbeat, and I think that's why we have a pretty healthy environment here. Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, it's really helpful to watch interactions, whether it's at meetings or just conversations around the office of the leadership team at Heartbeat. And um, that's taught me a lot, I know. But there's also just a lot of lighthearted joking. There's so mm -hmm. many inside jokes because a lot of you travel together and have been working together for years. So uh, there's definitely the, the light side of that. And then there's the heavier conversations. Necessary. Necessary yeah. conversations. And, and really, uh, if you, kind of based on the book, Crucial Conversations of understanding and sometimes having that language to say to somebody, this is a tough conversation because there are, um, there are emotions involved. There are differing perspectives involved, and there's risk involved. There's risk involved when you have um, a truth-telling conversation with somebody. So to me, it's always like, make sure that bridge is built, that you really can have those conversations with people. But I would say for me personally in growth, oh man, that, that has been essential. 
That's great. So I, I know with you have some really strong relationships um, with coworkers, with friends, uh, with family. Uh, but there's still times when when you'll feel alone, mm-hmm. you feel that loneliness. But you remind yourself in this letter that the God of the universe will always be with you and will see you through. So in those lo- lonely moments, stop, rest, remember his faithfulness, his promises, and then move forward. What is a scripture verse or verses that you go to re- to reflect upon? So um, kind of interesting because uh, for me, it's actually out of the book of Lamentations. And and the book of Lamentations itself, in terms of scripture, is really is probably one of the most dismal. It's a it's a book of poetry of sorts, but it's very dismal because uh, the times were were just horrendous. And in the in the book of Lamentations, which often Jeremiah is is the weeping prophet, it's credited to him. But you hear words like distress and torment and tears, destruction, wickedness exile, uh, fear. And that's kind of what's happening throughout most of the book. But then all of a sudden in Lamentations 3, uh, 21 through 24, suddenly there's this like burst of hope. And it says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. That just has always, um, that those verses have always stood out to me because of the context of the book. But I also think that they play out because um, we live in difficult times. And when you, when you fail, when you uh, mess up, or I'll, I'll just put it back, when I mess up, when I fail, uh, when I'm having really difficult times, it's really easy to just kind of go to, oh, I live in a wicked place, and I'm such a wicked person, and there's no hope, and what am I doing here? Um, to go back and remember the truth, and uh, even if you don't feel it, that is the truth, that is the reality of it. And so that is that reminder for me. And so I've always loved that that is my portion. My portion is that I'm going to dwell on hope. I'm going to dwell on truth. And um, there's the the practice of the daily exam or daily examine. That's something that I've put into place. And so at the end of the day, I kind of review the day and I think about, you know, where did I experience God? Where did I sense that closeness? Where, if I had a do-over, what would I do? Um, it's that exercise helps me to discern the day, the season, the time and what I'm doing. And so I can put that to rest and then go to bed. But when I wake up in the morning, it's that his mercies never come to an end and they're new every morning. And so I dwell on that. And that has been just, um, a very, um, I don't know. It's like a, a verse that I, or verses that I actually feed on. So yeah, that's where I I go. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, definitely good verses that you could sit with every single day and think about. Now, to to wrap up here, Uh you talk about enjoying and savoring the moments, and you've had a few moments in your years at Heartbeat. Mm -hmm. We already talked about how long you've been with Heartbeat and working in pregnancy health movement. So it's pretty clear that God's told you to stay for a while. (laughs) Um, Is there any movement, though? Is he telling you to move? (laughs) So, yes. So over the last, um, really almost a year, uh, I have been working on um, 
taking some next steps, uh, which means uh, turning over the reins of the Vice President of Ministry Services here at Heartbeat International. And there'll be more on that later. Uh, but for me, to take a time of real rest, um, renewal, even healing, if you will, a time of self-care. And so um, really my time in pregnancy help ministry, I don't feel like it's it's over and it's at an end. Uh, if I go through my whole past, it's kind of the changing of a hat. So I had a volunteer hat on, I had a board member hat on, a, a client services hat, uh, coming to Heartbeat, it's you know, one after another after another. And so I certainly am... I guess I feel like heartbeat is part of my own DNA. Certainly the pregnancy help community is part of that. So I have some things that I will be uh, working on and doing over the next uh, several months and kind of just taking it a little bit at a time. But again, I've done this really with the guidance of those truth tellers in my life, with the blessing of the team here at Heartbeat International. And so um, so there are new things on the horizon for me. So folks may see me around or may not see me around, um, perhaps even at conference in the spring, uh, but I'll be wearing a different hat at that time. So I, I am really following through with what that, that whole thing of I... As a, even as a reluctant leader, when God tells me to stay, I stay. When God tells me to move, um, I move. And so uh, it really has just been such a joy for me to have the role of vice president of ministry services. Uh, I, I have been so blessed because Jarell and Peggy have not only been colleagues, but good friends. I have worked shoulder to shoulder, elbow to elbow with so many of the executive team, you know, with Cindy Boston and with Andrea Trudden and Danielle White. Um, and then, of course, all of the directors and the teams at Heartbeat. And so I'm excited for what God has in the future for Heartbeat and all of those people and teams, as well as what God has in store for me. So. Well. I know I speak for all of the Heartbeat staff when we say we're in denial still, and we expect you to still be in in your office for the next several years. Um, no, we wish you the best. We're, I I had so many mixed feelings when you said that this was your plan because mm -hmm. you've been a part of Heartbeat since longer, well over the time that I've been mm -hmm. here, and uh, you've been such a an amazing leader and a person that I've always looked up to. And we've just had so many good conversations over the years. I, we've been able to work closely together um, in different ways. And then, you know, the podcast has always been fun. Yes. So uh, hopefully we'll see you on episodes or hear you on episodes in the future. And perhaps that'll happen. And really, Christine, yeah. it's been such a delight to work with you and to watch you grow the podcast. So I know you've got some stuff planned for our listeners. I uh, do. So I'll I let, have... You should talk about that. <laughs> I have a prize for one lucky listener. Um, we want to hear more about what you guys think of the podcast. So there's a link in the show notes. Um, if you click on it, it'll take you to a survey. And uh, it's not a super lengthy survey, but it's just enough for us to gather information that will help us serve you better with the content that is uh, most relevant and most helpful. I want you to be able to have things from podcasts that you can implement in your work. Or if you're a listener who is um, you know, a supporter of the pregnancy help movement, or if you're just listening because you're curious, this is for you as well. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you would like to hear. And um, I'll see if we can deliver 
deliver. With that, you know, be on the lookout for more from Heartbeat, especially uh, in the coming months as this transition happens. And again, we wish Betty the very best in her future endeavors. And we know that she'll always be a good friend and, and always welcome here at Heartbeat. This isn't the last you've heard from her, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Christy. <laughs> so with that, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast and have a great rest of your day.